1: Well, the Cowboys are vanquished. That means that we move on to 49ers Packers, another classic matchup. This is turning into a really fun playoff ride for not just the 49ers, but the entire NFC got a lot of good games across the board. The final four in the conference are the 49ers, the Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and the Rams under Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. So uh, buckle your seatbelts, guys. It's about to get really fun. The 49ers will be in Lambeau Field on Saturday night. It's going to be cold. It might be snowing a little bit. Uh, This is just the way that George Kittle drew it up. George Kittle today was talking about how fun it's going to be to be freezing his ass off at Lambeau Field, and George Kittle would enjoy that. George Kittle's kind of crazy, especially when he gets out onto that field and he taps that Joker tattoo on his forearm. He gets into that mode. And, Matt, uh, it, it really did seem that G- George Kittle is genuinely excited about the conditions that the 49ers will face and the adversity that they'll have to overcome against the Packers on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, and uh, uh, one uh, very significant thing that is going for them is that everyone, everyone on the roster, took part in some fashion in, uh, in the Wednesday practice. Uh, and that includes... Uh, <laughs> Nick Bosa, which is the most significant, uh, is you know, there was a question about how he's progressing through the concussion protocol. The fact that he was out there uh, on Wednesday, uh, it was another under the light session at Levi Stadium and was a limited participant. Not cleared. he's still in the, in the protocol, but uh, it, it means that he's, uh, he's going through it. Um, and the other guy that was uh, surprising was Jordan Willis. He has a high ankle sprain, and usually you hear high ankle sprain, you think, oh, boy, he's out at least two or three weeks. Uh, but uh, remember, he, he did that early in the game against the Cowboys and then uh, played on it and played well. Uh, he's one of those backup defensive ends who really jumped out, uh, but, but he was out there as well. So everybody was out there, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Ambry Thomas. The whole group uh, was uh, out there for the afternoon practice. So, um, you know, this is the playoffs. You're, you're not going to, to miss this game if you can, can limp your way out there. And, and the 49ers, Dennis, definitely have that attitude going into this game. Yeah, and, and you have to.
3: And, you know, you, you talked about Nick Bosa. Uh, I didn't hear Fred Warner. I mean, the, these are your two best defensive players. And, you know, you, this is the playoffs. This is a very good Green Bay team. And it's great to hear, you know, George Kittle say he can't wait to be out there. But it's, I've been out there. It's a different kind of cold. It's not West Coast cold. and uh, He's been on the West Coast for a while. It's cold. It gets cold and it gets it gets deep into your bones. So it's going to be important that everyone stays, you know, get a good warm-up. And I remember Ronnie Lott used to put Tiger Bomb all over his body for cold games uh, and then go out to warm-ups just to get himself heated up. For an entire football game, so you know games like this, you, you know you you, you got to stay warm because you know Green Bay is used to this. This is what they play in, uh, this is what they practice in, this is what they kind of live in. So they they're kind of used to it. Uh, coming from the West Coast, I mean it's a different it's a different kind of cold, man. I guarantee you, it's a whole different level of cold when you get you know into Lambeau Field, that crowd's yelling and that 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 ground is kind of moist and it's hard, or it's uh it, it's got some snow on it. And it gets a little slippery and it's muddy. Uh, you get wet, your feet get wet, your hands get wet and it's a different type of cold. but yeah, you got to suck it up. this is playoffs. you know you have an opportunity to play for a championship and you know you got to get by Green Bay and you know this is becoming kind of the rivalry now. the Raider or the uh, the Rams uh, and the Green Bay Packers. this has become kind of the rivalry uh, for the 49ers. So it's a, it's a big game, it's playoff. Uh, you get on a plane, you got a shorter week, you got some guys beat up. I saw today that, you know, or yesterday, I guess, Jimmy Garoppolo's got a shoulder. You know, these are things that, you know, in the cold, it kind of affects it even more. You know, a finger. We've kind of forgot about the finger. But, you know, cold weather kind of affects that because it gets a little stiff in the cold. So, you know, you got a lot to prepare, mentally to prepare. But you got to prepare for that crowd, Lambeau Field, and the weather.
1: Well, Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing crisply at practice on Wednesday, so... Obviously, that was in 58-degree weather and not 5-degree weather. So, we'll see what the difference will be. But so far, I think so good based on what we've seen in practice. As Matt said, everybody was somehow involved. Even Nick Bosa in the concussion protocol was clutching his helmet. looked like he really wanted to be out there. Bosa, I mean, he's a football guy, right? You know, that whole football guy that saying it. It's say even a hashtag, I think, on social media. Uh, that, that applies to Nick Bosa. I mean, I think he... The, the least surprising thing I ever heard about Nick Bosa this year was that as a very young child, he would go to bed with a football in his arms because he's a football guy. I mean, it it's that's just the way that it is with Nick Bosa. So he's out in concussion protocol. He'll be out at practice with a helmet in his hand waiting for a doctor to clear him. And I think that was the case today. So I would be shocked if Nick Bosa didn't make it through the protocol in time for the 49ers game on Saturday. And. Obviously, he's going to be immeasurably important to this matchup because the 49ers are going to need every last drop of uh, production from that defensive line. Not only in the pass rushing realm, Matt, but in the run stopping realm. And obviously, Bosa's good at everything. But uh, I just wrote about this today. So this is what I want to talk about first. People aren't talking about the fact that the 49ers in week three didn't do a good job against the run and the packers obviously have aaron jones but they also have another back aj Dillon, who is an absolute load he he weighs 250 pounds he's in his second year out of boston college and they call this guy the quad father and nick bosa by the way he, he also is known for having massive quads but the packers have a running back that that has quads big enough to be called the quad father or quadzilla i think he has multiple nicknames anyway Green Bay ran very consistently against the 49ers in Week 3. 25 carries, 100 yards. Only one of those carries went for negative yardage. So it was constant moving forward for Green Bay. Constant progress. Their longest carry was only 12 yards, so maybe that's why nobody's talking about this. Nothing made the highlight reel. But Aaron Rodgers was constantly in third and two, second and six. He wasn't in those second and nines and third and sixes that the 49ers really like. And that's because they didn't stop the run effectively enough. The 49ers need to stop the run in this game to have a chance, right? To let that pass rush pin its ears back and get after Aaron Rodgers. And the good news is, the run defense is completely different than it was in Week 3 because Eric Armstead, since that game, moved to the inside, and since Eric Armstead has moved to the inside, the 49ers have the best run defense in football.
2: I'm going to give Dennis uh, a chance to talk about Eric Armstead, but, uh, you know, the the bottom line with the Packers and and Aaron Rodgers and the history with the 49ers, which, by the way, is very good for the 49ers. They're undefeated against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Those Vic Fangio defenses really knew what to do against him. And what they did was they played a a light box against him. They were able to uh, stop the run with a light box, you know, just four down linemen, uh, a couple of linebackers. They played nickel the whole game. And uh, they kept two safeties back and they switched up their coverages. Uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's the one thing that carries over from those, uh, those former playoff games from a decade ago. Uh, is that uh, that's how you're going to stop them this time. And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, that, that group, that front four, needs to be able to stop the run without much help from, uh, you know, joukowsky Tart because uh, once you bring that safety up, once you start committing your secondary players to having to stop the run, that's when that's when it's over. That's when Aaron Rodgers is going to eat you alive. He's very very he's like a wolf. He he finds the weakness in the defense and he exploits it. And uh, you know we saw him do that in week three. we saw him we've seen him do that in the regular season against the 49ers. Uh, what the 49ers have been able to do in the playoffs is, uh, play that uh, that nickel for most of the game and really thwart him and you know having two excellent linebackers Patrick Willis Navarro Bowman that was that was a real key and so it'll be a real challenge for Fred Warner uh, he practiced in full on Wednesday Dennis and whoever hit is uh, the guy next to him and, and the 49ers used two guys really against the Cowboys uh, Trey Greenlaw played most of the game at week side linebacker but uh, See, Al-Shair uh, came in a couple of times as well, but I know that uh, you want to talk about Eric Armstead and just the job that he's been able to do, uh, like the, uh, David said, um, kind of uh, uh, commanding that uh, interior uh, line and, and taking care of the run.
3: Yeah, and, you know, Eric Armstead, DJ Jones, you know, who who whoever's in that middle there, I mean, it, the defense has been different because DJ Jones has become a much better uh, one technique, two technique, and Eric Armstead is down uh, on the inside at a, at a three technique. And Eric Armstead, he plays a run really well. He's a smart player. He's been in the league. He's figured out blocks. He's figured out a reach block. He's figured out a, the fold block, the double team. So he's figured out how to play split, split gaps, get penetration. And DJ Jones has done the same. He's become a an outstay. He's like a you know like a, a a plug there in the middle of the of the uh, offense, in the middle of the defense, and you can't move him. You know, he's he's just like a fire plug. So you, then you can't he, move him, but he can move. Did you see that he spin can move. move? Uh the oh, slim yeah. move the other day? Oh my god. He's turned into it. He's turned into a really good defensive lineman. And you know, I you talk about the run game. This would defensive I mean, you know, when I played, it was about stopping the run. And that's the attitude you have to have you have to have against a team like this, especially if you go into the elements, the weather. I mean, you it it's gotta be run, stop the run first. Uh, and this is what you kind of live for as a defensive lineman. The opportunity to go one-on-one, uh, get penetration in the backfield, and attack a running back and get a running back to the ground. Now, you talked about this kid, this quadzilla or godquilla, or whatever it is. You know, I wonder about guys who've named their body parts. So, you know, I mean, he's a—I mean, he's a big dude, but he's still a running back. The technique's the same. And any any run or any weather, rain, whatever it might be, snow, Um, You know, the the tackling's the same. You get off the block, you have to disengage. And one thing, when you're in this type of weather, I mean, you can't stay locked up on blocks because you get driven off the ball. Sometimes the footing's not there. But if you get off, you disengage, you get off of blocks, you get up the field, and whoever, Quadzilla or Godfather, Quill, whoever it is, you can tackle that person. So the attitude has to be with this defensive line. And again, I say it every game, it's won or lost at the line of scrimmage, but it's really important against this Green Bay team that you stop the run. Then you have to deal with Aaron Rodgers, who's, who's going to get rid of the ball really quick. Got to get your hands up. But first things first, I mean, if it's, if it's wet, if it's snowing, you got to shut down that run game and then you can attack the next aspect, which is stopping Aaron Rodgers uh, and passing the ball down the field.
1: Well, I asked D'Amico Ryans about the quad father. I didn't use those words. Um, That's ridiculous. But I, I just... Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous he has two of the nicknames. Now, I don't know who gave them to him. I don't know if it, they're self-proclaimed. Maybe each quad
2: has a, has a different nickname. Oh,
3: okay, that's enough. All right. <laughs> Left quad. quad and the quad, quad father, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, I asked the Nico Ryans about him, and, and then I also asked about, you know, what went wrong in week, week three when the 49ers did give up those 100 rushing yards, and You know, not all 100 rushing yards are created equal, right? You can have a 100 rushing yard game where they break off an 80-yard gain, and but then you shut them down the rest of the way. But this game was just consistent Packers 3-4 to yard gains, maybe even 5 yards here and there. Again, the long was 12, and that wasn't good for the 49ers because the Packers controlled the game flow, and we know how much the 49ers like to control game flow, but they weren't able to do it. And D'Amico said... Well, the tackling was the issue. He said that the, the the Packers were just getting and turning what should have been two yard gains into four yard gains. And, you know, that, that will never show up on the highlight reel, but if that happens 20 times, it becomes a, a really big deal. And I looked up the stats and sure enough, sixty-seven of the Packers' one hundred rushing yards came after contact they averaged 2.5 yards after contact per carry. So D'Amico said it you know, perfectly. What should have been two-yard gains were four-yard gains, and what should have been four-yard gains were six-yard gains. And the 49ers can't have that. They're going to have to, like Dennis said, they're going to have to tackle fundamentally and make sure that two-yard gains stay two-yard gains. They have to make sure that leaky yardage doesn't take over.
3: And that's what the 49ers running backs are, are great at, right? You know that that uh, the run after first contact, and you know, and that's and that's just you know wrapping up, getting a guy to the ground. But if if, if you're going to give up after contact two or three yards, I mean it kills the defense, and that's why sure tackling, wrapping up, uh, and waiting for your friends to come there to try to strip the ball. That's got to be the the attitude going in against Quadzilla, whoever this is. Uh, you know, wrap his butt up and then start ripping out the ball, and especially, you know, with this weather. We're talking about the weather. If it's going to be wet, it's going to be some opportunities for some turnovers. And I think turnovers are going to, you know, make or break this football game for the 49ers.
2: I think we can look at this season as uh, pre and, and post uh, week eight. That was the the week that they went to Chicago. And that's when uh, Chris Kosarek made all these changes along the D-line. Uh, Eric Armstead in the middle, Arden Key rushing from the middle, Nick Bosa moving left or right, depending on which matchup he likes the best. But uh, also with the linebackers, I mean, early season Aziz uh, is, was not as good as uh, as late season uh, version. I mean, he was a little bit uh, all over the place, a little bit too hyper, overrunning plays, things like that. He would leave his feet a bit. Um, and I don't think Fred Warner was as good as he is now either so uh, that whole crew that whole front seven uh, or or front six as it were uh, for this game probably um, it's just so much better Um, and uh, it's really a, a different team in so many ways than the one that lost to the Packers in week three I think we've already talked about the changes in the secondary and how well Ambry Thomas is playing and David. Um, you got a good look at at, at Ambry at, at, in Wednesday's practice. He has a, uh, a knee bruise. H- how is he moving, in your opinion?
1: I think he's a little slow right now, but I wouldn't, you know, people took that to be really alarmed on Twitter and, you know, people always take it to the extreme on, on social media. Uh, that was already known information on Tuesday that he had the bone bruise, that he was moving slower. So I was just trying to, you know, put it out there fairly. Like, okay, hey, I saw Ambry Thomas running through drills. It, and I wrote, it looks like he's still moving a tad slow. And then you can just tell who's uh, who's a glass half full person and who's a glass half empty <laughs> right. person when you look at the mentions. Because half the people are freaking out. Oh, my God, he's moving slow. And I said, guys, we are. this was already pre-existing information. He was moving slower yesterday. So it's good that he's going through the drills and I wouldn't expect him to be at it 100% because bone bruises are painful. I don't know, Dennis, if you ever had a bone bruise. It's not anything structurally wrong with the knee, but they hurt, right? And uh, you just need some some rehab time. You just need some time to recover the body. And I think the fact that Ambry was out there. You know, still fighting through the motions, I think it's a good sign for his potential availability because that, that pain's got to subside in the next couple of days, I would think.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, bone bruises are, you know, they hurt like heck. But, you know, rest like anything else. Rest, a good massage, getting in the, the hot tub, rub something on it, get some treatment and keep it moving. But, uh, you know, he's, you know, we talk about Thomas and, you know, we, 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 we had a lot of negative stuff to say about him. But the last couple of weeks, you know, he's played pretty well. And what happens is now he's getting the reps, you know. He's starting some of the stuff starting to come back to him because you know he did miss a year out of football, but all this stuff is starting to come back to him. But he's starting to gain a little confidence now, Uh, and he's believing in himself. He's believing what he what he's seeing. He's believing in his technique, Uh, and that's transferring over on the football field. and And that's really good to see because at the beginning of the year, I mean, you know, everyone was really worried about this kid, and they're thinking, you know, is is this someone that that the the scouting department missed something on him, or what's going on with him, but he's kind of got back and but got back into it, and like I said, he's getting confidence, uh, and that's huge in the NFL.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Well, you know what? The 49ers really are going to need him to play well and they need Emmanuel Mosley to play well. Because, Matt, I think that we've talked about this before. The key for the Packers obviously was running. That was one of them. But there was a second key for their offense in Week 3. Aaron Rodgers got the ball out in 2.3 seconds from snap to release. That time may seem familiar to you because that's the same exact time on average that Jimmy Garoppolo got the ball out in both games against the Rams. So basically the Packers treated the 49ers defense like the 49ers defense treats the Rams defense and they realized we got to get the ball out because this pass rush is going to beat our offensive line if we don't. So, You have to prevent the other team from getting the ball out quickly, and that means taking some riskier press man coverage techniques. And that's why the 49ers drafted Ambry Thomas, because he was a press man corner at Michigan. Now, remember, Diamador Lenore and Josh Norman started that game in week three against the Packers. And, you know, neither cornerback cut it. The 49ers were bad on the back end in that game. They feel that they're a lot better with Mosley. And Ambry Thomas, and it's going to take some physical play at the line of scrimmage from those guys that take away those short options for Aaron Rodgers to buy the 49ers' pass rush time to get to the quarterback.
2: Yeah, and I think both of those guys have been doing that. I mean, Emmanuel Mosley looks like a different guy than than he looked uh, in, in 2019. Remember, he was a, a Super Bowl starter that year, and he played well, but he was still a young player. He just he's, he's more confident. I think he's stronger. Um, Ambry Thomas is a rookie. He's going to get better with time. So that, to me, he's he's the question mark. If if I'm Aaron Rodgers and like I said, I'm the wolf, and I'm looking with those wolfish eyes for the 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 six sheep. Um, you know, I, I'm going to test out the rookie for sure. Um, and um, you know, that's what I wanted to ask as Dennis when when you're dealing with injuries, and it's not just Thomas. It's you know, all these guys have something at this point. And, and Garoppolo's uh, thumb slash shoulder is is probably at the top of the list. But I think the game is supposed to maybe when it kicks off, it'll be about 15 degrees, and then it's gonna it's gonna fall, and then the low that night is supposed to be two two degrees. So when you're talking about single-digit temperatures and sprains and knee bruises, do you feel those more? Uh, readily, uh, w- when it's that cold? I mean, is it is it harder to get warm? Is it harder to warm up, literally warm up before the game when it's that frigid outside?
3: Oh, yeah, most definitely, especially coming from, you know, coming from the West Coast here. I mean, we get to 40 degrees and we think we're freezing. Now you're talking, you know, 10 degrees. So, yeah, it takes a little while to get used to that. And, you know, those bumps and bruises, you know, you you can feel them. Uh, and, and it's a little, yeah, it is a little tougher, but it's important – I can remember playing there and, and 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 starting warm-ups a little bit earlier. And like I said, you know, some Bengay or some Tiger bomb on your body to get it warmed up. Because your body's not, you know, if you're coming from the West Coast, your body's not used to that. It's not used to, to getting warmed up in that. But once you get that lather going, and, you know, I always say you got to figure out how to get in the football game. Because on the sidelines, you're going to stiffen up again. But if you're in the football game and you're moving around... You know, for the most part, you're good. It's just that sideline time, you really got to figure out. Someone told me that the team has heated benches now. When I was playing, there was no heated benches. You just kind of had a fan, a heat fan in front of you. You would try to keep your feet warm without burning your shoe or melting your your cleats off. So, I mean, it takes a while, yeah. And all those little bumps and bruises, you know, they they get get a little stiff. But then you have to really get your warm-up on. You really have to get a good sweat. You can't go out and warm-ups and just kind of walk around and check out the stadium or whatever. You really got to get a good lather up and get yourself warmed up because your body's just not used to it. I mean you're just not used, you're not in it. You know, you're in the, you're in the Bay Area here, it gets cold but it doesn't get no 10 degrees or minus anything. So it does take a little while to get warmed up so you got to really be very cautious of that. If you got those bumps and bruises you got to make sure you're getting your treatment first of all but when you when on, on game day you really got to get warmed up.
1: Well, let's talk about how Jimmy Garoppolo might fare in this weather as we preview the 49ers offense against the Packers defense. He's from not too far away, Arlington Heights, Illinois. Chicago got cold, and then obviously he stayed in Illinois for college at, at Eastern, uh, the same school that, that Mike Shanahan and, and, and Tony Romo went to. So Jimmy Garoppolo's played in the snow. He's played in the cold. He, he grew up in it, obviously, in that Chicago area. But he will have to deal with those two injuries that – could be, at least as far as the painfulness of them goes, could be a little bit exacerbated by that cold. But he's going to be such a central figure in this game because we talk about the 49ers' ability to potentially run against the Packers. And Green Bay, if you look at the analytics... This is the number 2 offense in football, but they're the number 22 defense in football. And also, by the way, this is a side note that you might find interesting. They're the number 32 special teams unit in football. No special teams unit. Yes, even the 49ers has been worse than the Packers. So, that 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 might be something we need to discuss in a few minutes, but When you look at the the two main phases of the game, the 49ers offense should have a distinct advantage over the Packers defense. It certainly did two seasons ago in 2019 when the 49ers ran all over Green Bay in the NFC Championship. I think the 49ers offense had an advantage over the Packers in week three. I mean, they scored darn close to 28 points in one half. I know one of the touchdowns came right before halftime, but as soon as the 49ers started getting out of their own way, they were essentially able to score at will against the Packers in that game. And it's especially the run defense that struggled for Green Bay. So the 49ers to run, if Jimmy Garoppolo gives them the key third down conversions and the key throws to loosen up the box for Green Bay, because you know that Green Bay is not going to want to go down the way they did two years ago. I think they're going to sell out against the run. So if Garoppolo can make sure that he makes them pay for that, the 49ers should be off to the races offensively in this game. Now, it's a big if, right, Matt? Because we don't know what the weather conditions are going to be, and we can't be 100% sure about how Garoppolo is going to hold up in those conditions, given the fact that after he suffered the injury, the shoulder in Dallas, his performance and his accuracy fell off a cliff. So the 49ers need to make sure they're getting the good Jimmy Garoppolo, the pre-injury Jimmy Garoppolo in this game.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think we need to look at how he injured that shoulder, uh, he was going to the ground and, and didn't want to fall on his hand. I mean, that's that's sort of the automatic reaction that uh, a healthy person would have: is you brace your fall by you know extending your hand. But he knew that if he did that, he risked further damaging that thumb, which is you know not intact as far as that ligament that attaches to the thumb. So. He fell on his elbow, and that caused a jolt to his shoulder, which resulted in the sprain. So I think that's a big deal. I mean, you can't expect not to get hit in this game. And when you're talking about a frozen surface, and uh, yeah, I think Lambeau's field does have a heater, but when you're talking about the temperatures, we're, we're, we're discussing that that heater only goes so far. It's going to be a very, very hard surface. So I think that's obviously going to be Green Bay's game plan. Uh, it, it is for any team to knock the quarterback around. But when you're knocking Jimmy Garoppolo around, this is my point, I, I think there's a greater um, chance that, that he suffers, you know, uh, you know, exacerbates one of the two existing injuries or, or gets hurt somewhere else just because uh, he's already favoring his body. And I don't know what the effect is, you know, when, when you've got a, a thumb sprain like he does I mean, that's all about grip. And, and that hasn't been an issue to this point. But he's played in two, you know, uh, climate-controlled buildings. Uh, so what, what happens when the ball is, you know, dry and, and harder in that in that, those freezing temperatures? I, I think that, you know, that, that you, I think you're absolutely right in, as far as what Green Bay's uh, game plan is going to be. Let's test this guy out. Can, can he go over the top? Um, and, and if the answer is no, uh, the 49ers are going to have a hard time running against that box. They can do it, but, uh, the, the Packers will be selling out to stop those runs. And it might be something where, you know, if the 49ers defense can keep it close, then maybe in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, they start breaking through. That's what happened, uh, the last couple of weeks, but, um, that's a big if. So it's it, it's a there's a lot of drama. I mean, there's weather, there's injuries, there's quarterback stuff. it's always quarterback stuff. And I know Dennis hates talking about the quarterbacks, but that's what, always what dominates these uh, these discussions uh, and the game when it comes down to it.
3: Yeah. So let, let me get this straight. Jimmy Garoppolo's got a a, a bruised up sprained thumb and a bruised shoulder all in the same throwing side of his body yes
1: it's a, it's a sprained shoulder and on wow. that play we don't have to get into details but on that play he got hit somewhere else too it looked like on the video so it looked like the most catastrophic possible type of hit uh in one <laughs> they hurt three <laughs> things at once so wow. poor jimmy garoppolo but he's fighting through it you know one thing you know before we get to you dennis i have to mention this every it's amazing to me every single time a 49ers player talks about jimmy Garoppolo the amount of respect and the amount of admiration that comes out. Today was George Kittle. Last week it was Trent Williams. And it's like way beyond the level of a guy just saying something to sound good in the press conference. These guys, I think, really admire what Jimmy is doing and staying in there, hanging in there and fighting. And I think it has something to do with how this team is is performing because the team has kind of embodied the... We're not going to die, attitude, right? It looks like they're dead, then they roar back to life. Well, for like in six or seven instances this year, it seemed that Jimmy Garoppolo's time with the 49ers might be coming to an end, but he's come back just like, you know, the villain in the movie. And some people consider him a villain, even if they're 49ers fans, they, they <laughs> want to see Trey Lance, but he keeps on coming back and his teammates seem to really admire
2: it.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's one of the leaders of this team. And I, and I think. That's the way Kyle Shanahan feels too. I think Kyle Shanahan feels that it's important that the team knows that, that he still has a lot of trust in him. I know we talk about a lot, uh, does Cal still believe in him? Does Kyle still trust him? But I think Kyle totally trusts it. I mean, uh, I, I think Shanahan really trusts trusts Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think he he likes having him in the football. I mean, especially games like this. I mean, no matter how beat up he is. I think, you know, you want him in there because he's got that experience and he's got that toughness. But, uh, you know, this is this is going to be a game where the Green Bay Packers are going to stack the box. They're going to try to stop the run. You know, we're talking about the injuries. I guarantee you they know about the injuries uh, and they want to see what he can do. You know, they're going to try to shut down Debo, of course, and, you know, and, 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 and double team George Kittle. And, and they're going to say, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to have to show us what you can do. So now... Jawan Jennings, uh, Brandon Ayuk. These are the guys that are going to have to be superstars because they're going to try to shut down that run and they're going to try to throw Jimmy Garoppolo around a little bit. I mean, now they know that he's he's kind of you know he's a he's beat up. You know, one side of the body is beat up. If you can slam him to the hard turf maybe once, maybe you maybe you can get him out the football game. So you know he he's, he's always got a target on his back. But this week is going to be an even bigger target because I can guarantee the mentality of a defensive lineman is, oh, the quarterback is hurt, one side of the body is hurt, throwing side of the body's hurt. We're going to attack it. So he's going to have a big, a big X, a big bullseye on his back uh, come Saturday. So it's going to be, it's going to start with that offensive line. You got to be physical, and you know the run game may not work. You may not get a lot of yards in that first half, first quarter but if you're physical you can beat down this defense and in the second half is when you can really kick in your run game but you got to stay dedicated to it uh and you know on the defensive side you got to keep green bay from scoring you know a bunch of points in that first half first quarter so you can't get behind uh but if you, if you trust that run game we know what we know what wins we know what the 49ers need to win the recipe you got to run the ball 30 to 40 times so you got to be physical up front but i can guarantee you The box is going to be stacked. They're going to try to stop that run. Uh, Then they're going to get after Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: And they only ran it 21 times, the 49ers did, in that Week 3 matchup. Um, I think uh, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, got a lot of credit for how he game planned against the 49ers. And, of course, uh, the Packers run the same offense the 49ers do. So the, the, the zone running game isn't as great a surprise, I don't think, against them as it might be for some other teams. Now, having said that, things were a lot different at that point on offense as well. Uh, the the main thing being there was no Elijah Mitchell for this game. I think he was still dealing with a uh, sprained shoulder from from week two. It was a, a Trey Sermon game. Um, he was the starter, and he got the most carries, uh, 10 for 31, so only 3.1 yards uh, a carry for him. The 49ers only averaged 3.2, and then, of course, falling behind like they did in the first half meant that they, uh, they couldn't really lean on the uh uh the the running game like they uh like like they like to that that to me is the key keep it close i mean uh, if it's close at halftime even if even if you're losing at halftime i think that's a win for the 49ers because they've shown that they third quarter begins late third quarter they start to to really wear on on their opponents and and david noted this isn't a great run stopping defense in green bay um that i think that's got to be the game plan and and, in that way i feel like the the weather uh kind of helps the 49ers i feel like that's going to kind of tamp down some fireworks or at least it should at least it did in that 2013 game that was a 23 to 20 game a lot of field goals you got to rely on your veteran kicker in those instances the 49ers got three field goals from phil dawson uh, eight years ago, they could uh, they could use something similar from from Robbie Gold on uh, on Sunday. Well, Robbie
1: Gold has yet to miss in the postseason. He's 18 of 18. Jim, credit to Jim Nance for that stat. I, I didn't even know to, to look, and Jim Nance said it after Robbie Gold made his first field goal on Sunday in Dallas. I looked it up on Pro Football Reference, and sure enough, this guy is perfect in the postseason. Forty ers need that to continue. Moving forward. But Robbie Gold, I mean, everybody talks so much about how it was a bad contract, this and that, this and that. He has saved the 49ers skin the past two weeks, punted against the Rams and punted well in an elimination game. I mean, they faced an elimination punt, I thought, against the Rams. And if Gold doesn't boot that one 45 yards... When he doesn't really practice that too much, uh, they might lose that game. But he got that done with Mitch Wisnowski out. And then two 50-yard kicks, 50-plus-yard kicks against the Cowboys. Made them both in a game that the 49ers won by six. If he only goes one of two, theoretically the 49ers are only up by three on the final drive. And Dallas plays that a whole lot differently. But he made both of them. And the 49ers won the game. So, for all the issues the 49ers special teams unit has had, it's, you know, the team's elder statesman and Robbie Gold has come through in these two elimination games, and that's going to be important, and it's going to be even tougher in this cold weather. He obviously kicked for so many years in Chicago, so maybe that does give him a little bit of an advantage too. Uh, Phil Dawson, the veteran kicker, is the one that won the game for the 49ers the last time that they were in the playoffs in Green Bay. That was in cold weather, so that's going to be important in a game where every point might matter, and we should separate the performance of the special teams unit because it's been gold that's been good but some of that other stuff's been bad that leads me to this point though the Packers have terrible terrible kick coverage units we saw Trenton Cannon capitalized on that back in the second quarter uh, late in the first half of the week three game Niners were down 17-0 Cannon's big return set up the Trey Lance touchdown at the end of half that's something I think the 49ers absolutely should be eyeing to, to capitalize on to the point where maybe they even toss Debo Samuel back there on a kick return or two when they, when they think they have particularly you know advantageous position where they think there might be an opportunity to return one because the Packers have given up a lot on those returns and I think it'd be foolish for the 49ers not to try to win the special teams efficiency battle for
2: once. And that's for another area where the weather comes into play. I mean, the, the ball just doesn't travel, doesn't carry like it does uh, when it's that cold. And, um, you know, even LaMichael James, who really wasn't known for his special teams ability, he had a nice game in that uh, 2013 game, and and they needed it. They needed everything in that game to win. And they're going to need the same thing in this one. And it would be really great for the 49ers to come up with a W on special teams and uh you know most of the season it's been L's for that group but there have been a few i mean uh, david mentioned the green bay game in week 3 um the the 49ers special teams helped win that that early matchup against the uh, the rams by snuffing out the fake and then uh, uh against the the Bengals last month they had uh the, the two uh muff punts that they forced the Bengals to commit so this group is capable of it. I think you're absolutely right. Um, having having somebody who can do some damage back there on both punt and kick returns. Uh, maybe your two starting receivers, Debo Samuel on, on one, and Brandon Ayuk on the other, would be great. Uh, you, what you can have, and this is obvious, is is the gaffs, just the big game-changing errors that this this unit's become known for. And uh, we were asking Richard Hightower about the fake punt. He, they had it all snuffed out. They had the right call. They, they thought that the Cowboys might fake that punt, so they kept the defense out there. Uh, he, he called it a, a defense stay call. The only thing that's different on the defense stay call is that you sub out the cornerbacks because in case it's not a fake, in case they punt it, you need somebody who's fresh to compete with the Gunners on the other team. And um, you know, Hightower would not say it. Uh, and, and maybe it's to his credit. He didn't want to throw any of his players uh, under the bus, but it's clear that that Josh Norman just got fooled. He thought it was a punt. He ran down like he was covering a punt, uh, even though the 49ers were alerted to the fact they were in a defense that uh, was supposed to play against um, a fake. And uh, he, the veteran, you, you wouldn't think it would be that guy that makes a mistake, but he did. And uh, it could have been costly. Ultimately, it wasn't. But that's the type of thing that uh, can really cost you in these uh, high-stakes games.
3: When you're in the playoffs, and when you when you ever go on the road, you got to bring your defense, and you got to bring your special teams, and you know you you have to be exact, you have to be efficient on on both sides because it's so important. I mean, the ability to flip the field or give up a big play, you know, could could mean the game. And and you talk about that punt. I mean. You know, now you got guys. You know, Josh Norman's in there. I don't know if he's normally even on that squad. I mean, does he even play punt? You know, punt uh, return, or even if the defense was out there. So you have to have capable, capable guys out there who understand the situation you're in, and you can't give up those big plays. Because uh, against, you know, against against Green Bay, I think you could. I mean, it could. It really. Could it could end up losing the football game for you if you're not exact about things like that? And I guarantee you, you know, it, you've been faked out twice now, Seattle, and then last week at Dallas. Special teams coach is looking for that opportunity, and if if it lines up right, you're gonna have to try to defend it because you know this is this is a time where you can. I mean, that could have been the changing part. I thought it was going to be the changing of that football game on Sunday against against Dallas. Was that that Blake that block um, or that fake punt? So your, your, your defense has to travel and your special teams has to travel. Uh, Robbie Gold is doing a fantastic job. People talked about those field goals. How come not go for, you know, that first down? But still, those are points on the board. And I think against Green Bay, any points you can get come Saturday is going to be important.
1: Well, it's fascinating to me that you have two special teams coordinators. So I, I don't know if they're on the hot seat or not because I don't know what the relationship is between you know shanahan and hightower is and you know whatever the deal over in green bay is but i do know that th- these are two underperforming special teams units and i do think that both coordinators would like to see their team and their unit positively contribute in this game so you're gonna have two i don't want to say desperate coordinators but you're gonna have two coordinators that I would at least hope would be eager to to make something good happen with their units this weekend. And, you know, it's, it's just the truth of the matter. The Forty ers are number 27, and the Green Bay Packers are dead last at number 32. And, and that, that's one of the hidden battles in this game that, as Dennis just said, it's not so hidden when they screw up, you know, when they have a, a personal foul on on roughing the punter and and, and then when they, they're not ready at all for a, a punt fake for the second time in the season. So that that's a focal point for me. Uh, why don't we talk before we, we sign off here a little bit about some of the returns to injury and some of the personnel nuances because this is the NFL. It, it comes down to star players. Packers, you know, have gotten some guys back since they last faced the 49ers. David Bakhtiari is, is is back. He's their star left tackle. 49ers will likely get Nick Bosa back out of concussion protocol in this game. Um, I, I think, you know, Matt, well, I, I look at the matchup between the 49ers defensive line, which is surging, which is, I mean, th- that's unbelievable. We could do a whole separate show about how this 49ers defensive line has improved since week three because you have Arden Key and Jordan Willis and all those guys, but um if you look at that line against the Packers' o-line I based on 2019 it didn't matter who the Packers had up there they were the top line in football and the 49ers just Skunked them, just overwhelmed them up front. uh Do you think that's possible again with what the 49ers are working with now along the line? Different pieces, but obviously surging. Do you think that they could take it to this Green Bay offensive line, even with David Bakhtiari back at that left tackle position?
2: Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said earlier. I mean, uh, if you control the running game, then you're putting Aaron Rodgers. In third and long instead of third and short. And um, then then he has to drop back further and you have more opportunity. I think it's as simple as that. Um, you know, uh, and, and everybody knows it. Uh, and so that that's sort of what is is neat about the playoffs. I mean, uh, everything's exposed. You, you know what the other guy's going to do. And it's just a question of who can do it, who can do it better. And like you said, the 49ers are surging. The interior of that line is surging. They don't they don't have to have Fred Warner making 15 tackles a game. The, the defensive linemen are taking care of that. And it wasn't just the guys that we're talking about, too. Uh, DJ J- Jones and, and Eric Armstead. Uh, Kevin Gibbons had a really nice game. Um, I don't know if he played a, a season-high snaps, but it, it felt like it uh, in the middle there. They might even get Maurice Hurst back. <laughs> We've been talking about him for four months now, it seems like. But uh, that's that's a possibility. Uh, so that's that's a big deal, and you know I go back to the running game. I mean, and I mentioned that Trey Sermon started that week three game. He's their fifth option at this point. I mean, they've got Elijah Mitchell now ahead of him. Obviously, um, Jeff Wilson is back in the lineup. He wasn't there in week three. Debo Samuel wasn't taking carries in week three like he is now. Jermichael Hasty, uh, I think, was out for that game as well. Um, and that's why they had to go to Sermon. So Sermon isn't really even going to be active for this game, and that's who they had to rely on in Week 3. Uh, that just kind of shows you where they are now versus where they are then with that very, very critical. And remember, it was Kyle Juszczyk who was their third down back in that game. So en- entirely different backfield than the one uh, that they had in Week 3, and and I think that's that's as key as anything in this game.
3: And I think this defensive line matches up well because they've gotten so much better uh, in the middle of the field. And we, you know, we talked about Kevin Givens, uh, you know, Contavious Street. You know, these are guys in the middle who are making plays, you know. And, and you know, we, you know, we're so used to when we talk about this this defense is, you know, that outside pass rush with Nick Bosa and whoever's going to be on the other side. But now you got Eric Armstead there giving a lot of interior push. And I think that's what's going to, what's going to really take over this football game. These guys, these defensive tackles, these three techniques that can rush from the inside uh, and take care of the run. So, you know, it's an entire entire different defense, different mentality, but I think the inside, the interior of this defensive line is really going to get after Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, it, it,
1: seems to always come down to those guys that's how the 49ers have built this team under john lynch and kyle shanahan they haven't been shy about it they've said rush over coverage we they want to root that defense in the front and john lynch repeats this a lot whenever he comes on KNBR or talks to us or you know it's the front has to be dominant for the 49ers to realize their defensive vision and the front has finally been dominant over the past month or so, maybe a little bit more now. They've they've really, really stepped it up. And Chris Kocerec gets credit for that. The players get credit for that. You got guys like Arden Key who have bought in. You have mismatches created by the coaching staff, right? Arden Key, tremendously athletic edge rusher who had never really played on the inside uh, entering this season, but the 49ers had him bulk up a little bit over the off season. So you can handle some of that interior, you know, pounding and that athleticism is obviously still there and he's beating guards and, Uh, um, The more unsung heroes like Kevin Givens, who had a fantastic game against the Cowboys, just so quick against the run. Those guys are the ones that set up the opportunities for Arden Key, right? Kevin Givens needs to win sometimes away from the ball on your base downs or on, you know, just random downs to sometimes set up an opportunity on third and six and third and seven for Arden Key to come in and feast working over left guard. And I just think that it's beautiful because football is a team sport and people love to assign individual credit, but this 49ers defensive line is the complete embodiment of a team sport, You know, all the way down to Nick Bosa drawing double, even triple teams and freeing other guys up. But that's where it starts. And when I'm talking about team sport – You also have to have the secondary deliver because, like we said, if you don't play that good press man coverage, Rodgers is just going to snap and throw in two seconds, and it doesn't matter how much you win up front, right? So the whole machine has to work together, complementary football, and Matt, this will be the 49ers' ultimate test until the next one, obviously. If they win here, maybe it's Brady the next week. Then that would be really fun to cover, but for right now, all intents and purposes, this is the test in front of them. This team has been so resilient they've shown us so much in terms of metal and toughness. Do you think they can get it done not one more time? Do you think they could get it done this time to to punch their ticket to to to, to the next boss, to the next level of this game because it just seems to be getting more and more intense the further the 49ers go.
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, I think they're uh, a more confident team. I think they're a better team. I mean, just just Kevin Givens, just a guy who's way down the roster. Um, uh, he was not a factor early in the season. He, he had sort of a spotty offseason, uh, coming off an injury. He wasn't playing very many snaps. This is a better team um, yeah, right now in, in, in mid-January than it was in, in late September. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. And, and, and they realize that, and I think that's the important thing. Um, they've also effectively been in the playoffs for a month now. I mean, I keep thinking that that Rams game was a playoff game. I mean, in my mind, it it was uh, it, it, it was just like a playoff game atmosphere and and what what was at stake and whatnot. And I think that helped them against the Cowboys. I mean, uh, the Cowboys came out of a sort of a rotten division. You saw that in how the, the Eagles just folded against Tampa Bay. They weren't battle tested. I'm sorry, and, and that showed in the first half. They didn't know what hit them. Um, and, uh, yeah, Green Bay is not going to be like that. That's a better division, um, you know, better, much more seasoned quarterback, et cetera. But like I said, the 49ers, Dennis, seem to get a little bit more confident each week. <laughs> it makes this game really, really interesting.
3: Yeah. And, and you're right. It's, it, it's the confidence. And, you know, your ability to go on the road last week, I think they're the only team that won on the road, that's tough to do. And you know you you get that confidence, you start believing, and we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this team believes in Jimmy Garoppolo. I believe that they can, that they believe that he can win football games, uh, and I believe this defense is starting to believe in their in their secondary. I mean, it, it's about that that pass rush, uh, but the coverage. I think these guys are starting to believe in the coverage, of some of these guys that are that are back there behind them defending. So, confidence is everything. And uh, you go on the road now. You're playing again. You it's a rivalry. I mean, it, that's what it. Is. I mean, if you've been following this team for the last three, four years, it's a rivalry. And, you know, the 49ers are kind of lo- kind kind of leading it right now. Aaron Rodgers loves to play with a chip on his shoulder. That's when he plays his best. So it's going to be a challenge to go in there. And the last game against Aaron Rodgers, they kind of figured it out. Get the ball out of his hands fast. Don't let him sit there and be a target for this defensive front. So defensive line has to have a control rush and get their hands up. Maybe block the uh, vision, you know, no passing lanes. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and you gotta you gotta redirect receivers. You know we haven't even talked about the receiving crew they have, and it's it's pretty darn good. And we saw it the last time they played. So, you know you you know what you got. You got it on film. You got a lot of it on film. You're very familiar with this team. Now the challenge is to go in there, take that confidence, take that physicality, and get after this football team on the road. Dennis, I got
1: one parting question here for you because I'm fascinated by this. I started to. Research it a little bit more. I, I, I've i never seen a combination like this on the inside that the 49ers have this year. You have DJ Jones who's listed at 6 feet, 305 pounds. And you have Eric Armstead who's at 6'7", 290. So Armstead is 7 inches taller and 15 pounds lighter than DJ Jones. And and the reason I bring that up is you have two completely different body types playing at tackle. What, what kind of strain does that put on opposing offensive lines because it's obviously put a massive strain on them. But I'm wondering what the, the what the fundamentals at the line of scrimmage are and how the 49ers are really accentuating that and using that to their advantage. The fact that they've got one really tall guy and one fire hydrant in there <laughs> at the at the defensive line.
3: Eric Armstead, he's such an athlete too. So he he's that tall guy, he's got those long arms, he can shoot those gaps. Uh, and then you got DJ Jones who can just hold two or three people at the line of scrimmage. So you can, you can kind of have different slants for Eric Armstead because you know, you know, a guard in the center is going to be occupied by DJ, DJ Jones. And then you can maybe shoot a gap, you know, call it, you know, linebackers can call a strike move. And when you just shoot a gap, penetrate right up the field. Uh, and then on the pass rush downs, you know, he, he's that long, you, you're rushing out of that, that wide nine. So you got some pretty big gaps. Uh, and then Eric Armstead, a guy like Eric, Eric Armstead, can shoot those gas with those long arms with those arm overs. And then DJ Jones has got that that quick that that foam beat that foam booth type of speed and quickness where he can kind of shoot that arm under. We saw that swim move and that and, and that spin move. He can do a lot of damage in there because you're gonna try to double team him because he is his his center of gravity is so low. So it's been working out well, but it's you know. You know, I, I've always been fascinated with Eric Armstead because he can play on the inside and be so tall, but he's starting to play a little lower now. He's playing in, kind of in front of his pads, getting low a little bit, So, but he can use those long long arms for his advantage. So it's worked out well uh, for the 49ers with Eric Armstead and uh, DJ Jones. Well, it's fascinating to me how the 49ers have
1: leveraged that comparative advantage and, uh, you know, it's it's a credit to the coaching staff and it's a credit to Eric Armstead's adaptability that he can play on the inside with that body type and probably also a credit to the changing NFL, right? Like there's, there's different dynamics now than there used to be, but the 40, it, it, at the end of the day, it all comes back down to a simple truth and that's being able to stop the run so you can rush the passer. And then on the other side of the ball, being able to run the ball so that the other team can't rush your passer, right? You control the line of scrimmage and then you play the game downhill on your terms and both the 49ers and the Packers face unique challenges to be able to try to do that. And whoever ends up doing it is probably going to win this game in advance. This, this great game between two rivals. Dennis, the 49ers will try to avenge... Uh, that final career loss for you. Every single time they play the Packers, we bring it up because it means something, right? It, it meant it something to the 49ers against the Cowboys. And it, like you just said, this means a
3: lot. Yeah, it, it means a lot. And that was, like, again, that was, in the Lambeau Field, I mean, that was my last NFL game, my last time I put on, on, a, on a uniform, even though it was those ugly white uniforms. But uh, that was it for me. So it means a lot to me that last week meant a lot to me because of the battles I had uh with with the Dallas Cowboys and this means a lot too because I had battles with Brent Favre and we just never could kind of beat him. so this means a lot definitely all right
1: good stuff well uh Matt and I will be headed off to the frozen tundra and I think they might have heaters under the tundra now to make it not quite as frozen but it's still going to be really cold so we'll see what happens then anyway for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown this is David Lombardi we'll talk to you next time